Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. We're doing a very special broadcast over the next few days. We are live at Pet Expo Orange County at the Orange County Fairground. Is that what all that noise is? <laughs> that is what all that noise is. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining me is my very handsome hubby, Jeffrey Isbell. That's me. And unfortunately, Ariana is not with us today because she has to attend college classes. Go figure. But she's going to stop by over the weekend and we might get some interesting information from her. I might even send her around the expo itself and have her call in from different activities and entertainment and booths. What do you think, Jeff? I don't think she'll find too much vegetarian food here. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. But there is lots of fatty food and as I recall from last year, there were a few places where you could get some good vegetarian That's food. right. We should really give them a boost. Yeah, we should. Maybe we'll invite them over to our booth for the show where we are recording. If you stop by, we will potentially put you on the air if you have a very cool adoption uh, tale to tell. And who doesn't? That's right. So enjoy our broadcast from Pet Expo, and we'll be talking with our first guest right now. Okay, I am in the booth right now, our recording booth at Pet Expo with Louise Henderson of Guide Dogs of America. Welcome to the Pet Place. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, you have been our neighbors here at Pet Expo for Mm -hmm. a few years now, and I just love what your organization does. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about it? Sure. Um, What we are is a guide dog school providing guide dogs for the visually impaired all over the United States and Canada. And we have, this weekend, we're trying to promote for our puppy raising program to get puppy raisers to raise our puppies from eight weeks of age until they're around 18 months of age. Okay. And socialize the dog, just lots of love, and um, to then they come in for their formal guide dog training, and that's four to six months of training before they're matched with a visually impaired person. So you're looking so. for volunteers then to Correct. essentially play with puppies. Correct. Yeah, they become part of your home, your your family, and um, you just take them everywhere with you. Okay. And socialize them and get them used to different noises and whatever. But that must be about. a little hard to give them up when the time comes to say yeah, goodbye. Yeah, you know, we, we usually recommend, we have graduations, so we recommend that you come to a graduation to see the end result and how much a dog can change somebody's life, literally. Oh, yeah. And um, you have to go into it knowing why you're doing it and that you're doing it for someone to become their eyes, basically, so they can live a very independent life. That is amazing. How long have you been doing this? I've been there for 29 years now. Wow. So, yeah, long time. How many puppies have you raised? Oh, I raised, uh, I think we had about seven, but three of them became breeders, so we had those for a while. Okay. So, um, we have our own breeding program. Now, what happens, I'm sure not every single dog that goes through the program ultimately becomes a guide dog. Correct. What happens to the dogs that flunk? Yeah. Um, Well, the puppy raising family that has raised the dog, they get the first option of taking the puppy back. Okay. Um, And a lot of them want the dogs to go on to something else because that's why they raise them. So we have um, good relationships with a couple of, like, a veterans program. Um, So the dogs 
can't necessarily be guide dogs in harness, but they're good for, you know, a veteran that has oh, whatever other, okay. you know. okay, so PTSD, um, anything, yeah. dog, just to be their companion. We had one dog that was um, pretty active, and, you know, she liked to pick things up, so she was placed with a gentleman that had no arms. Oh. And so she, we have pictures of her in Home Depot picking up a paint can for him, you know. So, oh. yeah, so it's, there's just, there's something out there for all the dogs. Okay, so, yeah. that is very cool. And if I can say, we're having a, a motorcycle ride, a ride for guys on May 21st. Oh. So if anybody out there is a rider, then uh, by all means come by and... Um, do you have a website that our listeners can We do. Can it's www.guidedogsofamerica.org. And I'm I'm assuming it's very costly uh, to have this program in existence, even. Absolutely. We're a nonprofit organization. We get no financial government aid or anything, so it's pretty much from our donors. And okay, so people can make donations. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, that website is? www.guidedogsofamerica.org. Excellent. Yeah. And that will hook anybody up to our puppy raising program and everything. So. Well, Louise, right. you have a wonderful time here Thank at Thank you very much. Thanks Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Well, I have so much fun meeting people here at PetExpo, and I have just met a wonderful young woman named Kristen Clark, who's with Canine Health Promotion, and she has a booth here in, booth, a booth here in Building 10 also. Hi, Kristen. Hi. Is this your first year this, at PetExpo? This is my very first year at the PetExpo. I'm so excited to be here. Well, tell me what Canine Health Promotion is. So, essentially what we are is a company that helps people learn how to keep their dogs healthy naturally. So um, we got into this, I, I have a dog named Barkley, he's my soul, you know, and um, he had terrible allergies and so he was chewing himself raw and um, I took him to the vet and the vet said put him on Benadryl, give him steroids and nothing was working, it was just getting worse and worse. And so steroids are dangerous. Very yeah. dangerous, so I didn't want to go that route. And mm -hmm. um, and so what happened was I started researching and I came across um, uh, information about how important diet is for the health of dogs. So I did more research. I got certified as a carnivore nutrition consultant and a small animal naturopath. And then I built this company where I have a magazine, I have a book, and then I also do consultations with people to help them with whatever issues their dogs are having get healthy and thriving and um, just live the best life that they possibly can. In a natural way, without loading them up with drugs. Exactly. Oh, so, so cool. Yeah, it's really neat because what we found, um, and, and there's research to support that, a lot of times what goes into the processed pet foods cause mm -hmm. a lot of the issues that we take our dogs to the vet for, the hot spots, cancer even, um, itching, allergies, bad teeth, all of that stuff. So when you can uh, effectively change the diet, you can get rid of a lot of those issues, and I help people do that. I have a question which you may or may not know the answer to. Yeah. Is there anything you can add to a pet diet that will help eliminate or at least discourage fleas? You know, actually, it's fascinating that you ask that. One of the things is, so we have, um, well, I'm sorry, we have three dogs. One of ours, our senior, uh, 19, just passed. So um, we, yeah, it was it was hard, but she had nine, you know, 19 good years. So um, so yeah, so our dogs used to get uh, fleas and ticks quite a bit because we hike with them and everything. And what I found was that by changing the diet, and then I have some uh, natural 
supplements and that sort of thing for fleas and ticks that I never have any issues. I never put any front line on them. I never put anything on them. And we have zero issues with fleas and ticks now. So, um, so I... So what is it that you add? <laughs> I could do a consultation to tell you. Oh. No, I just... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I have a... I have... The base is always the diet. It's really interesting. When their um, immune system is supported, which mm -hmm. is what happens when you feed them the right way, um, the fleas and the ticks aren't as interested in them. So that's the base. And there's okay. a lot of people who will say that's all you have to do. Um, but what I do on top of that is I have some essential oils and I have some other supplements that I use just to keep the fleas and ticks off of them. You know when we're going through places where it's prevalent or this year I think they're going to be bad. So I just keep that off and, and we never have any issues. It's fantastic. That is very cool. So if somebody wanted to find out more, they could either come to TED Expo and visit you here in Building 10 or do you have a website? I do. It's um, www caninehealthpromotion.com Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much Thank for stopping you. by our booth and have a fun time here at Pen Expo. Thank you so much. So we have a couple of young ladies who are volunteers and they've stopped by our Pet Place booth and they're very, with a very special organization. Can you both introduce yourselves and tell me who you're with? So I'm Jaden Mills. I am Mika Brill. We're from the organization, the Camp Rusk organi Horse Organization. And what is what exactly is Camp Rusk? Camp Rusk is pretty much a place where you can send your retired horses or retired horses go there to, instead of being slaughtered or, you know, used somewhere else, they can roam free and travel, you know, as far as they want, you know, in a secluded area where they won't be hurt. And they'll be taken care of, they'll have all their vet care yeah. and food and friends. And, and when you say retired horses, are these horses that people have had as pets and then for whatever reason can no longer keep them? Yes, there are um, horses that have gotten older and they can't do anything, so they're just supposed to sit in the meadow and enjoy the rest of their life. Oh, that's very cool. Now, I imagine it's quite expensive to provide vet care for senior horses who are potentially even lame or have some other uh, geriatric issues. So you're probably trying to raise money for these critters, aren't you? Yeah, we're pretty much raising money for their care, their food, as well as um, getting to other areas so we can have one in California and one in another, a second one in Texas. Okay, so you have to also pay for the property. If somebody wanted to help donate to take care of these wonderful animals, how could they do that? They could either stop by our booth um, here today, or they could email us or visit our website. Do you happen to know what your web address is? www.camprust.org yeah. yeah, awesome. www.camprusk.org. And I'm sure there's a donate button on there so that if somebody wanted to help out with these lovely animals, they could do that. So you will be here all weekend long. Where about is your booth located? Are you over by the Centennial Farm here on the Orange County Fairgrounds? Yeah, we're over like in the Centennial Farm area in the back with the two awesome horses. And is that near Splash Dog? Yeah, it's 
Okay, right awesome. Well, thank you two so much for stopping by our Pet Place booth, and hopefully we'll get some people real excited about your organization, and they'll, they'll check out your website and maybe send some money to help take care of these wonderful animals. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I am with somebody who takes care of animals who a lot of people are a little afraid of. Hi, how are you? And I'm, introduce yourself. I am good. Thank you so much. My name is Terry. I am probably better known as Ratty Mommy. <laughs> that's my Instagram. That's my Gmail. And I rescue and help adopt out pet rats. Oh, that is so cool. Now, a lot of people, when they think of rats, they get all squeamish and they think that they're disease-ridden and, and icky and everything. What would you say to people about rats? I say that you really need to learn about them because it, the exact opposite is true. I mean, there's never been a case in the whole history of the United States of a rat having rabies. Mm -hmm. uh, rats really don't carry disease. And also a pet rat, which is what we rescue and adopt out, a pet rat is as different from a wild rat as a wolf is from a dog. Right. Um, they've been domesticated 200 years, so a okay. pet rat can't even survive in the wild anymore. They're the true definition of a domestic pet, which is they need human assistance to live. Okay, okay. And I've seen some of the little ratties that you have, and they are quite rotund. What well, kind mine, of <laughs> mine are a little big. I will admit that. They're very, I'm, a, I'm a food is love mommy. Uh-oh. And it's probably not the best thing. But rats have a very short lifespan. That really is the only negative thing about them. They only live two to three years. Aww. And two is really normal. Mm-hmm. So I know for me, if I'm only living two years, I don't just want to eat, like, dried lab blocks. Okay. You know, so I'd like to recommend? have something fun. Uh -huh. And my rats usually do live longer than normal. So okay. um, they may look one way, but they actually have a very good diet. Uh, rats can basically eat what we eat. There are a few foods that they can't have, and they are omnivores, so they eat meat also. Okay. But um, I don't eat meat, so... My rats do don't eat meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a vegetarian, so are my rats. Okay, very good. Yay, go vegetarian. I know. <laughs> you can't say you love animals and eat them. Exactly. That's not That's right. What I, think. I mean, a dog yeah. is a cat, is a sheep, is a goat, and we love them all. So, we no, sure we don't do. eat animals in our home. Well, do you have a website where people can take a look at what you do or a Facebook page or um, anything like that? I, I'm on Instagram, okay. um, and that's where I will answer any rat questions. Um, I've had rats about 20 years, so mm -hmm. I do know a lot about medical needs, behavioral issues, and I'm more than happy to answer questions for people. Okay. And so how do they find you on Instagram? On Instagram, I'm Ratty Mommy, R-A-T-T-Y-M-O-M-M-Y. Okay. And I'm also Ratty Mommy at Gmail, and if anyone's interested in adopting rats, they can send me their email, and I'll put them our, on our adoption list, so whenever rats become available, I will just shoot them an email with pictures and information and everything, and awesome. we always have rats that need homes. Well, thank you so much for doing this, and I'm so glad you were able to stop by our pet place. Too. Thank you. I'm so happy, too. Thank you for having me. And have a great time here at Pet Expo. You, too. I love the Pet Expo. So this is a great time here at Pet Expo this year. What do you think, Jeff? Oh, I'm having a great time. There's a lot of great people and, you know, overall great. You know what I really am enjoying this year is the fact that we're meeting so many people who are really interested in our first annual Young Filmmakers 
Scholarship Program. I'm really excited about that, too. I was tempted to make a joke and continue using the word great until you got mad at me. <laughs> but, no, that, the, the, the Young Filmmakers Contest is very exciting to me as a filmmaker. And, uh, you know, there are so many, so many of the kids who just know what they're doing. They have so much passion, energy, and they really know what they're doing. That's all I can say. And we're, we're anxious to see that, to be able to reward that. Absolutely. In, in the area of animals. Right. They're, they're combining their love of animals and their passion for advocacy with their artistic creativity. And we're really excited about being able to award some of these scholarships this year. So if you are a young filmmaker, be sure and come to our Pet Place booth. We do have applications for our scholarship program. And we hope very soon to have these applications online if you don't make it to Pet Expo. Right. And... While we do celebrate young at heart, when we say young filmmaker, we're not talking about that. I'm young at heart, but I can't enter <laughs> for many reasons. But anyway. Yeah, 17 no. to 25 years old. So if you're 17 and you're in high school, but you'll be starting college in the fall, or if you're up to 25 years old and in college, this is the perfect scholarship program for you. If you're a filmmaker, and even if you're not majoring in film, but you do this on the side just as a hobby, enter this because you could use the scholarship for any accredited university or college no matter if you're majoring in French or nursing what have you. Passion for the welfare of animals is probably uh, more important than technique but we're definitely interested in people who have skills and chops and Absolutely. all the other slang terms that are good. So come on down and visit us in building number 10, the Pet Place booth. We're booth number 1143 but just look for the Pet Place. And let's, uh, let's meet our next group of people who are waiting to be on the show. So we're here with our next guest here at the Pet Place booth at Pet Expo in Orange County at the Orange County Fairgrounds. And introduce yourself and tell me who you're with. Okay. Hi, I'm Kimmy Proffer, and my company is Luca for Dogs, and we are so excited to be here today. That is so cool. Now, the, the thing I love about Pet Expo, aside from all the pets that are here, of course, is the fact that there are so many pet products where you can pamper your pets and one of the very nicest pet products that are here are the comfy, comfy beds that you have at your booth. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. How, how did you get into the pet bed business? Well, it's been about seven, eight years now and I got into it uh, like many companies start. I had an idea and that was our original um, bed sheets that um, I wanted to put over beds so that you could easily take them off and put a fresh one on really quick, just like we do our beds. Mm -hmm. So um, that was my original idea, and that kind of started, you know, as a as a garage um, company at first. And um, you know, we created this beautiful bed that you could easily um, change the covers to, and so people had a fresh bed in seconds. And that's and then our company grew from there. Wow, it looks yeah. like you actually have Tempur-Pedic style beds these days. Are those for the geriatric pets who might have hip dysplasia or arthritis? They are perfect for aging dogs and dogs with hip or joint problems. And um, but actually, they're they're great for all dogs. Um, they're easy to get in and out. Um, and you can what we love now, uh, we have just orthopedic beds, but then we also have the orthopedic for our lounge bed, so that you can have an orthopedic bed plus a bolster around the sides. Wow. So I'm loving that bed, and I love sharing <laughs> it with everybody today. 
That is very cool. Now you're in Building 10, just like us, mm -hmm. and what is your booth number? Do you recall off the top of your head? I do. It's 1167. We're in the same booth every year, year after year, so everybody can find us quickly. Okay. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you for stopping by the Pet Place booth, and if you're interested in getting your pet a really comfortable and easy to clean bed, That's right. then you would want to stop at Luca for Dogs. Luca for Dogs. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So from pet bed to pet rescue, we have Rhonda with us now, and you are from a rescue called Pets Are Worth Saving, and they sure are. They are. We're well, based out of Corona. You're based in Corona. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you came a little bit of a distance today to be at Pet Expo. Do you have a lot of um, puppies and kittens and dogs and cats here today? We actually didn't bring... Um, us, we support the other rescues. Oh, excellent. Yeah, we are like more of a rescue facilitator, so we work with the local shelters and we try and, you know, help facilitate um, getting the pets networked. Okay. If they need medical needs or anything or other rescues, we even help them out too. So that's kind of where we are at. Okay, so if a rescue has a pet that needs some vet care, you help raise funds. We help, or we might donate a little bit. You know, okay. we do some fundraising. We have our own pets, but fosters, like everybody knows, uh -huh. <laughs> are really hard. So if you, you know, he wants to go to pets that we're saving, we'll take fosters. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, like I said, we just network is a bigger thing for us to try and get them out of the shelter, of course, before you know the possible euthanasia. Okay. So I know the Inland Empire um, has some issues with high kill shelters. Are those the shelters that you try to help out the most? Yes. It's, I mean, we kind of network all together, we do, because there's not very, a lot of no-kill shelters, I should right. say. Uh -huh. um, you have a couple, but they're, they all have, tend to have some kill, depending yeah. on, you know, uh -huh. health issues and things like that. But, um, yeah, we try to because that's where the networking comes in. And that could be networking as far as just a forever home or network to another rescue who does maybe specific animals. Okay, so do you have volunteers that actually scope out all the animals in the, the local shelters then to see who's there and who needs help right away? Yes, we, we work with kind of a closer shelter and so most of us volunteer there also. So okay. we kind of keep the two things separate, mm -hmm. but we know what kind of animals are coming in, who's been there the longest, maybe the, um, their temperaments and things okay. like that. So we kind of okay. like network them because we kind of get to know them a little bit. Ah, very cool. Do you have a website where our listeners can check out a little more about what you do or a Facebook presence? Yes, uh, petsareworthsaving.biz. So they can go there and we'd love to have you visit our page. Well, excellent, and thank you for stopping by the Pet Place booth today. Well, thank you. Have a great day. You too. We're with another Pet Expo exhibitor. It's Lauren Kane from Precious Creature Aftercare. That's an, uh, an interesting company name. Can you tell me what it's yeah. all about? Um, it's, it might be a little morbid to some, um, but it's actually kind of a funny thing when you think about it because we're actually preserving a pet after it passes away. Oh, okay. Um, so what we're doing is um, alternative aftercare. So that's taxidermy, that's bone cleaning, that's skeletal cleaning, coat preservation, um, and any other kind of odd and different thing that you would you know, you, that you wouldn't see at your vet's office. Oh, Services that wow. they don't usually offer. Okay, so. that's really interesting. I yeah. know that in Victorian times, a lot of people had their pets taxidermy. They did. And they would just keep them posed by the fireplace right. or somewhere else yeah. so that they could always see. 
their beloved dog or cat, even they though did. they had passed on. Yeah, so there's kind of been a resurgence of that, and I okay. think people are kind of coming around to that idea again. There's a big movement going on right now called the death positivity movement mm -hmm. that's just kind of um, letting us kind of embrace that side of life and not being scared of it. Um, because that's something I've always been scared of death and okay. so I think kind of working with it on a daily basis is actually kind of therapeutic All right. um, and to also work with grieving pet owners is mm -hmm. also really rewarding Aww. well I have a question I have a 19 year old kitty right now yeah. and he does not look at all like he looked in his glory days yeah they so usually don't if, if you were to taxidermy a dog or a cat who you know, was aged and perhaps gray and and maybe not as good looking as they used to be. Right. How how do you preserve them in a manner where they they don't appear as though they're they're still sick rather right, than right. restored back to their glory days? That's a question I get a lot, and that's a question that a lot of pet parents are concerned that they mm -hmm. want their pet to look youthful again and mm -hmm. vivacious. Um, so something that we can do is we can plump them up a little bit with something called a hide paste. Okay. The hide paste goes underneath the coat and under and just above the form. So it's actually creating almost like a faux like fatty layer ah, that would be underneath the skin okay. in life. So okay. we're actually kind of plumping up the pet a little bit. And then we can also airbrush color back into the fur ah, to take away some of that gray. Okay. If they want the gray there. Sure. Or we can also even dye the fur a different okay. color. Okay. And then as far as eyes, if a pet has cataracts, that's not an issue at all. Not an issue. Okay. We use um, glass eyes in taxidermy okay. or freeze-dry. Okay. Um, and so, you know, the eye will be hard to the touch, um, but it'll be back to its useful appearance. We can even do custom eyes. So if your pet, you know, had, oh, who knows, just a certain a, a color of an eye that's really different that we can't find in a taxidermy supply catalog, mm -hmm. that's something that we can get custom-made. So wow. a custom, you know, impeccably detailed glass eye that looks just like your pet's original. Well, that's really interesting. I, yeah. I think that this might become super popular again because I know a lot <laughs> of people so. really miss having their pets around. And, yeah. And yeah. I know it was a, a really big deal back when people did it regularly. So right. I, I can totally see that happening again. But the thing I, I um, am clear about, tell me about bone cleaning. What What is that? Do you actually assemble the skeleton for them? Currently, I don't do arti articulations yet. It's called articulating when you actually put the whole skeleton back together again. Okay. Um, but for now, I'm just doing bone cleaning. So what I use is a technique that, that uses water to gently, slowly decompose that tissue that's around the bone. Mm -hmm. um, and it slowly will just clean and clean and clean and clean. And when it's got all that tissue off, I will put them then in a, high, in a whitening bath to bring them back to bed. It'll give you the bone a really, really white, nice, okay. clean look. And then what do people do with the bones? Um, it depends. Um, some people just put them on display. I have one client that just wanted a couple bones done. Okay. And she's giving them to her friends and family. Oh, that's so, really interesting. So her cat, her cat's name was Mr. Bruce. Uh -huh. So Mr. Bruce is going to be taxidermied. And then he's also having his bones given to various friends and family. So oh, wow. he's kind of omnipresent. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> that's, that's a real interesting yeah, way there's, there's of dealing of with aftercare. Okay. All kinds of things we can do. And tell me, do you have a website where somebody could find out more information I or do. inquire? It's, yeah, it's PreciousCreatureTaxidermy.com. And I'm also on Instagram at PreciousCreatures. Well, excellent, and thank you for joining us here at the Pet Place booth. You have a great time here at Pet Expo. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for having me.
Well, I can't believe that we're doing our last interview of the day for day one of Pet Expo, and we have with us... Sean O'Daniel. And you have a very special booth here at the Pet Expo. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, well, I am one of the few artists here at the Expo, and this is my very first time at the Pet Expo. And, uh, yeah, I basically am exhibiting the crazy, wild stories we all share behind our pets. Stories that are captured with paintings. Are they oil paintings? No, they're all painted digitally, actually. Oh, wow. So I paint them directly on my iPad with the, the, the pencil and, okay. and a paint program called Procreate. Uh, my background is in art direction and visual development for games and films, so I've been painting digitally for over 15 years. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, so when the iPad came out, it just let me be a lot more mobile and flexible mm -hmm. and fell in love with it. And, yeah, so all my work are prints. Okay. Yeah. And how do you print them? Because I know a lot of things I print just with my home printer. They fade, you know, in a year or yeah. two. Yeah. Well, today now there's there's a lot of on-demand publishers out there. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been, like, I, I feel you. I mean, since I've been wanting to print my work for years, it's the technology was never fully there. But ever since e-commerce and Internet and drop shipping started blowing up, there's all sorts of amazing on-demand publishers today. So um, I just set up my new store through Shopify and there's all sorts of on-demand publishers through Shopify and uh, yeah so everything I print is on-demand I don't hold any inventory is there a website or some other online presence where somebody can take a look at some of the portraits that you've done in the past? Yeah, so the URL is uh, painterofpaws.com. Okay. Well, you're going to be here all weekend long, I assume. Yeah. So, listeners, come on down tomorrow or Sunday. Say hi to us at the Pet Place booth, but definitely go visit the Painter of Paws. He's got some great paintings on display and thank you for stopping by the pet place booth today well thank you for having me well just can you believe it we're already done with day one of pet expo 2017 no i can't believe it i was uh headed out of the building to go find out some information and the announcement came that the thing was closed yeah it went by really fast so i just want to invite all our listeners we'll be here all day saturday tomorrow on the all day sunday so come on down to pet expo at the orange county fairgrounds say hi to jeff and me and we'll see you here at pet expo and next time on the pet place radio show